0: So you know, it's it's great that we could gather here in Summer Sands and have a service because every time I come to Summer Sands, I'm reminded of the vision that God showed me Uh, when I when God called me to Mangalore. I saw this vision of young people worshiping the Lord in a beach, in a beach. And how far are we are we from the beach? (laughs) You can be there in a couple of uh, maybe in 30 seconds. You can reach the shore. Last time when we came, we had a service in the hall upstairs okay. this time when we came we are having it here probably the next time <laughs> on the, sh- <laughs> in the in the water I, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so you know, I was just thinking who knows maybe one day one day that you know, we will have a church set up on the beach you never know Hope City Church will be Hope City Beach Church <laughs> that might be an awesome one amen so nothing is impossible for God can we shout aloud hallelujah hallelujah yeah. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Yeah, just, just give them a small nudge and say, Jesus is alive. <laughs> Amen. So, you know, the, the resurrection of Jesus is a very powerful truth. And today, that's what we celebrate. And, uh, and although today, April 21st, is not the exact day that Jesus rose up from the dead, many scholars estimate that Jesus rose up from the dead around 23rd of April 2019. Some of you are like, ah, in two thousand nine. Just checking if you are, you know, attentive. He, he rose up from the grave in eighty thirty three. So, the resurrection of Jesus has changed millions of people all over the globe. The more they hear about this truth, it convicts them and it reminds them that we worship a God who cannot be subdued by anything. Death cannot keep him down. The grave cannot hold him now, down. The powers of darkness cannot destroy him because he is the overcomer of all things. And so for us as God's children, we are called to be what? More than conquerors. For we are more than conquerors through him. Through who? Through Christ Jesus. So this good news also gives us this message that we are more than conquerors in every situation. No matter what we face, whether sin tries to take us down, whether temptation tries to pull us down every day, we can be assured that we will overcome because of what Jesus has done for us. Because of Jesus, we are more than. Can I hear from you? Conquerors. Can Conqueror. we Conqueror. say that loudly? Conqueror. Amen. So, you know, also the, when, you, when you think of resurrection, it's a highly debated topic. Many like to debate about it. And a lot of people, atheists um, is, uh, and also uh, different groups of people from different faiths say that Jesus never rose up from the grave. They say that Jesus' resurrection is just another event where the disciples who loved Jesus might have stolen his body, kept it in another place and created this false hype that Jesus rose up from the ga- grave. But the truth is, Jesus is alive. You know, the interesting thing is, no matter who can debate about Jesus, no matter who can say anything about Jesus, the truth doesn't change. Amen? The truth is always absolute. It never really changes. And for us, it's not just a historical fact. For all of us, who you know, who believe in God, it's not just a historical fact, but this is something that we experience. For example, you know, when we are weak, God... So when we are discouraged, what happens? He encourages us. When we are broken, He comforts us. When we are alone, He stands by our side. So what we see is God working in our life in such a way that shows us that He is there for us. It gives us an evidence that He is alive. He is working in our lives every day. That itself is enough to convince us that Jesus is alive. Amen. So when we are under pressure, God assures us that everything is going to be alright. Simply because he is alive and he is working in our life. So the resurrection of Jesus is one of the greatest messages of hope that we have in the scripture. No matter what may come our way, we can still stand firm because Jesus lives. So even if you look at the name of our church, Hope City Church, this was not a random name that that I came up with, that we came up with. Rather, I was living a very hopeless life. Uh, Literally, hopeless means hopeless. I was a walking dead body. Have you ever seen a dead body walking? You should have seen me before. (laughs) I was the most moody, uh, angriest person that you could meet. I, I, I was just cranky. You know I or just get angry for everything because i didn 't feel any uh, meaning for life i didn 't see any purpose for life i didn 't have any joy in me I was just being I was just dying from the inside and when I met Jesus, I received hope to live again, and that is why you know when I was thinking of Lord, what kind of church should I start and God let me to name it as Hope City Church, because this will be a place where people will find Jesus through which they will receive hope. So the greatest message of hope in the Bible is the resurrection message. So resurrection of Jesus reminds us of the greatest hope that we have. So turn with me to a passage in Luke chapter 24. We're going to meditate on that verse. Luke chapter 24, verse 6. Luke chapter 24, verse 6. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. Yes. The message here is this He is not here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. Now, if you look at this passage, this passage is one of the core passages on the subject of resurrection. And this also, this verse also carries a message of hope to the disciples and to the followers of Jesus. Now, if you look in that time, you know, up until that time, from the time Jesus died to the time that he rose up again, disciples were in great despair. They had lost all hope. Many of them would have thought that this is the end. You know Jesus said of all these things, he said he, would, uh, uh, he is the resurrection and the life, but he's still dead. They'd be you know thinking of all these things, you know most of them might be worried. If you look at the Bible, the Bible never mentions even one disciple saying, it's okay he's going to come up alive. Not even one disciple ever said that statement. And even Jesus said like this in John chapter 16 verse 20, that they will weep and mourn because of what will happen to him. They will weep and mourn. So this was a time of great mourning when, when Jesus died, up until he came back to life. That, 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 two, that one night and two days was a time of great mourning for them, great suffering for them. They were disappointed. See, Some might even have thought that, is Jesus really the Messiah? Because if he claimed to be the Son of God, then he is dead and gone. Just imagine, okay, if Jesus was on the cross... Okay? if Jesus was on the cross he died, breathed his last and all of a sudden came back to life in the cross itself the disciples would have been very excited it would have been an epic moment for them just imagine Jesus coming from the cross fireworks coming from the back <laughs> lightning, you know some smoke coming the ground splitting but what happens Jesus hung on the cross he died and he was buried to the disciples it was a very very disappointing moment they might have thought Lord all of what you said all of what you taught is is over now Peter might have thought it's a good time to go back fishing the disciples might have thought okay let us look for another rabbi you know they were all in a very disappointed state in 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 a state where they thought that this is the end it is kind of like how we also react to challenges in life Kind of like how we react to the problems that come in our way. You know, many times when we face challenge, what happens is, we feel like running away. We feel like escaping. We feel like even giving up. Saying, okay, I'm done. I've lived my life enough. I've worked hard enough. I'm going to run away. Enough of all the challenges I've faced so far. I'm going to run away. You know, kind of like how the disciples also felt. Okay, we've been there for three and a half years. We've heard him speak. we experienced great things. But now nothing is happening. Let's go back. They were in great disappointment. And many times we, we like to run away because we expect solutions to come immediately. If Jesus had come come to life from the cross itself, the disciples would be mocking at the Roman soldiers. Look, look you, you only said that he died. <laughs> but... But Jesus' death was quite a painful experience for them. And they were disappointed because they didn't find an immediate solution to what was happening. So everyone goes into great sorrow. But as we look at the resurrection message, it reminds us of something important. It tells us that Jesus will never leave us to die in our sorrow. Jesus will never leave us to die in our misery. Even if it takes time, he will surely come to rescue us. See, you've got to understand that you will never be stuck in the same situation. But God will come to rescue you. If you have believed in God, if you have put your faith in God, I want you to be assured of this, that he will never abandon the one who seeks after him. He will never abandon the one who trusts after him. He will always come through. Now, when God comes through in your life, he'll explain joy unspeakable. You will weep no more, but you will rejoice greatly. Your sorrows will be turned into joy. So when we think of the resurrection message, it reminds us the death of Jesus is not the end, but just the beginning. What does the resurrection message tell us? The death of Jesus is not the end. This is not the end of story, but just the beginning of greater things to come. So when you may think that this is the end of life, what does God remind you? Just the beginning. Amen. Amen. So he's going to give you a brand new start and a brand new beginning. So, okay, so let's go back to the story. Now, in this dark and discouraging moment, they hear the news of resurrection. So what happens is, on a Sunday morning, the women go to put spices on the body of Jesus. So if you read Luke chapter 24, verse 1 onwards, You will see that the women went to apply spices on the body of Jesus. Because typically what would happen is that they would put spices and then bury the body. But in Jesus' case, what what happened was next day was Sabbath day. So they didn't didn't want to prolong. They immediately wanted to finish it. So they buried the body, wrapped it in the linen cloth. And then they thought they would come back and do that on a Sunday morning. Because Saturday they are not supposed to do any work. When they came back on a Sunday morning, what they found is the body to be missing. First of all, they are greatly disappointed. Jesus is gone. Okay, at least they were happy. Some body is there. Now they go to the tomb. Even the body is gone. So disappointment after. And another disappointment. So you look at this story. As they were looking and they were afraid, what is happening? The angel of the Lord appears to them and he gives them this message. He is not here, but he is risen from the dead. Matthew says like this Matthew chapter 28 verse 8 talks about the response of the woman can we turn to that passage Matthew 28 8 mm-hmm. okay so Matthew records the emotions of the women here What what is he saying they ran And also they were filled with great joy. joy. They were afraid yet filled with great joy. It's an excitement that something really has happened and we need to go and tell this. Though we have not seen him yet, but we know something has happened when they, they, they go with great joy, run to tell the disciples. So from this moment onwards, their life changed. Their sorrows turned into joy. Their lives were filled with joy. So the resurrection of Jesus created such a great impact in the 1st century AD. The disciples who saw Jesus after resurrection, they became powerful men of God. Imagine the same Peter who ran away from a little girl, now stands in front of people and preaches the gospel. And how many people get saved in one sermon? 3,000 people. That's a lot of people. It takes a lot of boldness and courage to speak about people in a time where crucifixion was a shame. But they thought if God is crucified, then he's not God. But Peter spoke boldly with great courage, reminding that he is not dead but he is risen. He proclaims this message, people come to know Jesus and great things happen. Because the reason that Peter was able to minister like this, the reason the disciples were able to do this is because the resurrection gave them a hope that nothing else could. Emil Berner said like this, that what oxygen is for the lungs is hope for the meaning of human life. You take a man, you give him food, you give him shelter, but you make him, you take hope out of him. You take hope out of him. He will still be living, still be eating, still be sleeping, and walking around, moving around, but he won't see a meaning to life. But if you take a man, Even if he doesn't have food, even if he doesn't have shelter, even if he lacks provision, but if he has great hope, then he will still live on passionately. You know why? Because hope gives them the meaning to live even more. Hope helps you see another day. Hope helps you live another moment. And what gives us this great hope is the resurrection of Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross disciples lost their hope but when Jesus came back to life they saw the resurrection power of Jesus and they were zealous about him they were radical for him, they were passionate for Jesus just, just imagine they take Peter to be crucified on the cross they take Peter to be crucified on the cross, that's how Peter died when they are taking Peter to the cross to be crucified what does Peter say I am not worthy to be crucified like my master, crucify me upside down, upside down. How? <laughs> it's like somebody says, I'm going to slap you what you say. Don't slap me. Kick me also. Do something worse to me. Why? Because to Peter, because he saw resurrection, he experienced the resurrection, resurrection power of Jesus, he knew this is nothing. I know this death is not the end of my life, but I have a life in heaven. See, the resurrection power infused so much of hope into their lives that they knew that they can see a tomorrow, that they will have eternal life because Jesus rose up from the dead. And that message gives us hope today also that we can face another day because Jesus lives. No matter what challenge we face, we can see another day because Jesus truly lives. If you look at Paul's life, even his life was centered around the message of the cross. Now, turn with me to First Corinthians 15, 14. 1 Corinthians 15, 14. What does it say? And Christ not then all our preaching is <laughs> useless and your faith useless. You see how resurrection is central to Christianity? I can preach to you about everything in the gospel, everything about Christ, but if Christ had not truly risen from the dead, then we have to pack up our bags and go home. There's no point in living for it. The resurrection is so central even to Paul's ministry that he says that if Christ had not risen from the dead, then my preaching is vain and your faith is useless. And he is able to, you look at life of Paul, he is able to be so so bold and strong and courageous for the Lord because of one reason, the resurrection of Jesus. Because the resurrection of Jesus gave them such a hope that they serve a God who is alive. They serve a God who is beyond every power. They serve a God who is beyond the power of darkness. They serve a God who is preparing a place for them in heaven. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when, when the disciples see him, Jesus was taken up into heaven. Just give them this understanding, yes, Jesus is going to prepare something for us and he's coming back. So all, all, all we have to do till the time is to live for him, is to worship him, serve him till the end of our life. Peter says like this in First Peter chapter 1 verse 3. 1 Peter 1 3. What does this say? All praise to God, the Father of our God, Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And mm. We live with great expectation. Yes. It says like this In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead so what have we received we have received new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of jesus you see what the resurrection does to our life it gives us a hope it adds hope to our life so let's look at our lives today and understand what does this resurrection power mean to us and what is it how does it work in our life today So what kind of a hope does it give us today? Let's turn to the main passage, Luke chapter 24 verse 6. Yes, so it says here, he is not here, he is risen. Now what we're going to do is we're going to dissect this passage and understand what kind of a hope we receive. Now let's look at the first part of the first statement. The first statement is this, he is not here, he is risen. We're going to break that down and look at just the first part, he is not here. So write down the first point as he is not here. Just quickly write down or just mark that in your So We're going to meditate on this phrase, he is not here. See, when the women arrive at the tomb of Jesus, they see that Jesus is not there. So the angel delivers a message saying he is not here. In other words, they were reminded that Jesus is not in the place that they thought he would be. Now, this is a simple message that reminds us of a very powerful truth that we can forget very often in our lives it teaches us this that no pain is permanent and no sorrows can last forever no pain is permanent and no sorrows can last forever when the when the angels tell the the women that jesus is not here they're reminding them of something important that the grave could not keep jesus down the grave could not hold Jesus down see the the enemy will will try to tempt us one day telling us that we are not worth anything he will tell us that people don't regard us of any value he will tell us about things that will push us into sin he may try to put you down now but you have to understand that he cannot keep you down for ever the hope that this word gives us, He is not here, is that they're telling the women that He is not in the place where you thought He would be. You thought He would be dead. You thought he'd be, His body would be here right now, but He is not here. In other words, it reminds us that our problems are our permanent, our sorrows are not forever. There is always a deliverance that will come from the Lord. You know, when, when Jesus went to the cross... When he was nailed to the cross, I imagine like this. The kingdom of the enemy would have rejoiced. You know? The kingdom of the enemy would have rejoiced because they have Jesus dead right now. It's like the creator, the God who spoke the universe into existence is now hanging on the cross. Let me give you a background of this. See, when, when Jesus, before he goes to the cross, tells the people who have come to arrest him in Luke chapter 22, verse 53, can somebody read that passage? Let me give you a background so that you understand what I'm trying to say. Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there every day but this is your moment the time when the power of darkness reigns. Yes. So what is Jesus saying? This is your moment and the power of darkness reigns. So the so so the enemy did think that he can put Jesus to death by nailing him to the cross but this is what Jesus did. The enemy thought he was nailing to the cross, but what Jesus in turn did was that he disarmed the powers and the authorities of darkness and triumphed over them on the cross. Turn with me to Colossians 2.15. Colossians 2.15. Are you with me? Are you able to understand what I'm saying? Okay, so let let me give this quickly. Let me help you understand this quickly. What happens? The enemy thought that he can put Jesus down. Jesus says, this is your hour when the power of darkness reigns. So the enemy thought that he can keep Jesus down. But what he didn't realize is that Jesus' death is actually a victory. When Jesus went to the cross, the enemy thought he was nailing Jesus to the cross. But what Jesus did, he disarmed the powers of the rulers of the dark he nailed them to the cross in turn he took victory over them you see many times we look at our situation and think that this is the end we look at our situation and think okay i've faced enough of challenge in my life now this is the end of everything the enemy thought this is the end the people thought this was the end the very fact the women prepared spices to go and put on jesus body shows that they are they believed like he's gone now, if they had believed in resurrection, they could have gone a little empty-handed, you know, with at least some joy and a hope. But these people are going with the understanding that he is dead. He is dead. He is gone now. I, I was imagining, you know, what could have been the conversation between the women when they were walking towards the tomb. I, I was just thinking, what could have been the conversation between these three women? Joanna, Mary, and Mary Magdalene. I was thinking, uh, I was thinking, uh, in an imaginary conversation. Jesus said he's the resurrection and the life. But... He's there in the grave. We don't know what the future is going to be like. We put our trust in Him. We put our hope in Him. And He's in the grave. But a lot of thoughts about despair and discouragement. Because in their hearts, they decided it is over. That is how we are also. You know, in our hearts, we decided it's over. When? We face challenge. Like this is the end of it. But what it tells us is that the enemy cannot keep us down. He can tempt us one day, but it cannot last forever. He can push us into sin. He may try to get us addicted to something that we do not want to. Sometimes we may cry to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't want to do this, but I keep falling into it. I tell you, the power of the enemy cannot keep you down forever because when you look and call out unto the Lord, he will come to your rescue and he will vindicate you. Amen. The powers of darkness couldn't keep him down. Let me give you another reference. Acts chapter two verse twenty four. This is a very powerful verse. Acts two twenty four. What does it say? It was not possible for Yes. It was not possible for death to keep a hold on Jesus. That's why the angels say he is not here. Why? Because it is not possible for death to keep a hold on him. You see the enemy fights to have our life. But God will always reign victorious in our life. Uh, There's a beautiful quote that I read last night I want to share with you. Uh, Reverend Robert Miller said like this, Woodpeckers are on the outside and the termites are on the inside. Both are after your wood. Okay? Your wood. wood. Woodpeckers are on the outside and termites are on the inside. And both are after your the termites are not there to help you fight the woodpecker, nor is the woodpecker helping you fight the termites. Both of them are trying to destroy you. Sometimes, you know, let's, let's think of it this way. There are people who try to put us down, and there is this enemy, Satan, who is trying to put us down. And both of them are fighting to destroy our life. That is why this, you know this understanding of a woodpecker that eats from the outside, And a termite that eats from the inside. Now we might face some challenges from certain people. And just when that is over, we will have a lot of depression. We will have a lot of anxiety. Just when we are set free from anxiety, somebody will come and challenge us. You see what's happening? So there is a fight that's happening on the inside of us. There's a fight that's happening on the outside of us. Both of them are coming to destroy our life. Church, I want you to understand this. The enemy fights you so that he can keep you away from the calling that God has given you. The enemy fights you so that he can destroy your character. The enemy fights you to keep you from being holy or keep you from perceiving holiness. Like when you want to go to sleep in the night, he will tell you, listen, why do you have to sleep early? Just watch something on YouTube. And just when you're watching something on YouTube, you'll say, okay, just go to the other side a little bit. It's okay, you're tired. Watch something else. So he'll try to drift you away slowly so that you will fall into sin. You will fall into sin. The enemy fights to have your life but I can tell you this that he can never ever overcome you at all times. At all times. Why? Because we have God who fights the battles for us. Can we shout aloud, hallelujah? Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I was yesterday. I was thinking about our church growth. It's a very interesting uh, thing. Is I was thinking it's been three. It's going to be three years when we you know uh, go into October ninth. Since we started this church, uh, currently our church attendance is about seven people, and uh, it it doesn't bother me too much. But I I do think of it and I wonder Lord why, uh, because I don't you know take off from ministry. I don't go away anywhere. I'm here all the Sundays. I'm here most of the weeks preaching i'm giving my best. I do prepare a lot uh, and I wonder a lot why i wonder why and you know as days go on i've i've come to understand it's it's beyond something that we can uh, simply comprehend it uh, it is more to do with see there are there are people who know that there is a church called Hope City that exists I've, i invite them there are many who have counseled personally they just don't show up to church and the excuses i receive is i had work and also i slept and I, I i wondered to myself you know how can people go to sleep on a sunday and i and i come to realize that this is something that's not natural there's something beyond our natural viewpoint that's happening and I, and I see this as the enemy fighting to keep the church growth down enemy fighting to keep our church growth down another aspect is there are you know let me tell you this honestly there are people who wish that we won't be in that building anymore there are people who do not want us to function in that building and it is a it's a it's a very sad thing because you know when, when people try to do things like that they're generally acting out of jealousy and uh, a lot of things. And you know, some people look at our church, small church, but we have a lot of equipments. Uh, we've grown significantly in terms of our investment in worship over the years. Uh, we've spent a couple of lakhs, and people see it, and they're like thinking, how 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 come he has all these things? What they don't understand is what goes behind the scenes. See, I can tell you, I haven't bought a shirt for myself in many many months. The offering that I receive for me to eat is what I put in church. Uh, Nobody knows, like every equipment that hangs in church has a story behind it. The lights, the the computer that sits at the back, I spent about 1.4 lakhs on that commission. And I know how much I worked hard to pay that off. People don't see that effort. All they see is, oh, he has this. There are people who do not want you to exist because of what you have. The enemy doesn't want you to exist because of the impact that can be created through the church. But as I was preparing this, I realized that this is not permanent. Amen? This phi is not going to remain phi. You see, when this the whole issue of the building came up, I was sharing last Sunday... And the whole issue of the building was coming up. I thought to myself, okay, time to move away. I was talking to Pradeep. I told Pradeep, Pradeep, I think it's time for us to leave. I want to go. And Pradeep was like, okay, Josh, we'll look for a place. And, and, you know, we were in that conversation. I looked for a place, didn't materialize. I came back to church. I said, God, what is happening? God reminded me, stay here. Do not run in the face of challenges. And I started praying this way. I said, Lord, we would buy this place. We will buy the second floor. The very place we are struggling to pay a rent, we will own that place. I began praying in faith because, you see, I serve a God who is victorious. And I don't want to stay in a situation where the enemy is trying to hit the purpose of God, hit the call of God. I don't want to run away, but I want to run closer to God because I know God can give me the victory. I want to stand in bold faith and courageous because I know God will give me the victory. And as we look at this message, he is not here. It reminds us of something significant. The enemy can try to put us down, but it cannot last forever. People will desire for you to be destroyed, but it will never, ever last forever. The resurrection message, he is risen, reminds us that victory is there for us there is always hope at the end of the tunnel there is always a light at the end of our path because God is there by our side amen can we shout aloud hallelujah Hallelujah. amen amen so the resurrection reminds us of this great hope saying he is not here he is risen the first hope is our problems our pain will not last forever Jesus will come to vindicate us he will rescue us and, I, and I, I was just praying of this I thought Lord we are seven people now we are eight people now and instead I stood up, prayed saying Lord I want to have a church in the city of Magdalene with 10,000 people 10,000 people attending one service I want to have such a big church it's okay to ask in faith it's not for your personal benefit like imagine if 10,000 people can be impacted in the city that's a huge number then the whole city will come to know the Lord just imagine, like churches growing and people running towards churches. I believe it's going to happen. It is going to happen. The enemy will try to keep us down. He'll try to keep us, keep our congregation, in the single-digit number, but it is going to turn into a five-digit. I believe that. I believe because God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than all we can think, ask or imagine, because of the great power that is work within us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's important to add that Jesus Christ, His power working through us, gives us hope to stand firm in the face of opposition because our pain can never last forever. Second message that we see in this Luke chapter 24, verse 6, the second part of the first statement, what does it say? Just three words? He told you. No, no. The first statement, the second part of it. He's not here. He's he is. Amen. So this statement, he is risen, gives us this hope that ultimately God's purposes and plans will be fulfilled. You know, whatever God has promised to you, that will ultimately stand. The enemy will try to defeat you today, but his promise will prevail. His promises stand and he is truly faithful to his word. Now, if you you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus prophesied about his resurrection. Jesus himself said, destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. Now, everybody thought that he's talking about the temple. They were immediately thinking of how much it took to bring all the stones, how much time it took to build the temple. But Jesus was saying of something important. He was talking about his body. He said, you destroy this body i will raise it up again in three days in john chapter uh, two verse nineteen he says that just write down that reference john two 20, nineteen two nineteen and in matthew eighteen twi- sixteen twenty one let somebody can somebody read that verse matthew sixteen twenty one Scripture is very clear. What does it say? Raised to life on the third day. So Friday, first day, he is dead. Saturday, second day, third day, he will be raised to life again. There is this promise that is clearly given in Scripture. And this statement, he is risen, reminds us that Jesus will do what he said he would do. Now that's the hope we find here because our God is a promise keeper. There has never been an incident where God failed to keep his promise. People would have failed to see that, but God never ever fails to keep his promise. The Bible says that God will speak a word and it will it will come to pass. Everything that we see, you know, the, the, the oceans, the, the earth, and everything we see will fail, but his word will never fail. His word lasts forever. But you look at the followers of Jesus. They, they came to the tomb to apply spices like, as if they didn't even you know, think of the promise. And Jesus had said clearly, he had made very clear that he will be raised to life. It's plain. But you see, the disciples never thought of it. Nobody ever came to the disciples like Peter didn't stand up and say to the disciples, hey brothers, listen, Jesus will come to life on the third day, let's wait for him. None of them, everybody thought that he is dead and gone because because what happens is when you're disappointed it is difficult to see the promise whenever you feel like you've lost it whenever you feel discouraged it's always difficult to see the promise that God has given you because generally when you when you're disappointed it, it is so easy to think of every way that this misery has come upon you it's easy to think of all the way in which you feel low it's easy to get angry about God. Even you, may be, you may be even thinking, what people would think of you now? The same Peter who boldly went, cast out demons, now he's hiding somewhere. The same disciple group who went to minister to people, hiding somewhere. You know, the disciples might be thinking, oh, what will people say about us now? They were bragging so much, they were walking in authority, this Peter walked on water, now he's hiding somewhere else they would be bogged on by so many discouraging thoughts. What, did, what do the people think about me? See my situation. It is such a terrible one. In all those situations, they fail to look at the promise of God. Now, just because they fail to look at the promise of God doesn't mean God aborted His plan. He still kept His promise. Now, that is what this verse reminds us, that He is risen. It gives us the hope that He will, He will surely, surely fulfill his word see the, the enemy oftentimes what he does is that he reminds us that um, uh, that, that we are doing the wrong thing the promise we, we said we heard from God is not from God but your mind made it up because you wanted it you see the enemy will try to deceive you in so many ways telling that what you are actually desiring for will never come to fulfillment he will try to put you down in so many different ways he will deceive us to a point where we will feel like there is no future for us, no hope for us. There are a number of times, you know, the enemy has whispered to me, this is true. I'm not making this up, to make the sermon more impactful. I'm saying a true story. The enemy comes to me and he will say, okay, you came to Mangalore uh, by your own desire. This was not God's will for you. Now pack your bags and go back. I've heard this so many different times. He will always tell me that what I'm doing is wrong. What I'm doing is wrong. Why? Because I don't see a crowd. I see only single digit <laughs> every week. You know? He will tell, tell me that what you're doing is wrong. All your investment is worthless. Just take it, pack your bags, go to Bangalore. It's only 350 kilometers away. And many times, you know, I would hear that and I would be so discouraged, feel so low. But as I start reminding myself of the promises of God for this ministry, over my life, I'd be encouraged because I know He will keep his word so this message you know he is risen that the angels give reminds us of the hope that everything will fall into place just as god has said and there won't be any change in that because nobody can destroy god's plan nobody can modify or change it or alter it in any way he is risen gives us this hope that what jesus said will truly truly come to pass amen Two messages of hope that we see. First, what does it remind us? He is not here. Which means, sorrow is not permanent. Pain is not permanent. There is vindication. There is deliverance at the end of it. God will come for us. Second, He is risen. Reminds us that He keeps promises. The God we serve keeps His promises. He will never say a word and then say, Oops, I'm sorry I said that. No. Every word of His, He counts it. And when he says it, it will come to pass. And that's the God we serve. And on this day, on Easter, I want you to be encouraged with uh, what you've heard. The resurrection gives us a hope for tomorrow. Our life doesn't end here. Our life doesn't end here. It is just the beginning of greater things. Remember this, you know, the more you are persecuted, the more you are crushed, the more you are put under pressure. Imagine this, just remember this. God is preparing you for greater things. I, I, I think of this, you know, the disciples were crushed for, the, for like, say, 48 hours. Almost for like, you know, from the time Jesus, for, it's like 72 hours, three days they were crushed because they see their master whom they dearly loved, hanging on the cross, dead now. But God used that crushing, that pressure to prepare them to be great arrows in his hand. You look at the life of Jesus, you look at, sorry, you look at the life of the disciples, how they were after Jesus' resurrection. Were they timid? No. Were they weak? No. They gladly died for the sake of Jesus. They were burned to death. They were crucified upside down. But they gladly died because they know that because Jesus lives, they will face the eternal life. They will experience it because of who Jesus is for them. That's the message we have today, even in our world today, where there's too, many, too much of hopelessness. People who who've lost the meaning of life, who don't know what to do with life. God reminds us through his word, pain is not permanent, sorrows is not permanent, stagnant growth is not permanent, you will grow. And he reminds us that he will keep his promises.